from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It is a tabletop inspired, world building, character creation, and collaborative storytelling podcast where each week we take a prompt submitted by a brilliant listener. And together, Jeff and I collaborate with that listener submitted prompt to create one of the greatest stories of all time that help populate and create the mythology of an original fantasy world. Boom. That's a, fu- that's a motherfucking elevator That is a professional. Pr- that is a professional quality pitch. God damn! Did you s- clip that later so that we can transcribe it and put it places? Oh, true. Yeah, I was about to say I, you'd swear I'm reading off some script, but right now, if I can be completely transparent with you, Jeff, I'm watching a video of guys fishing for pickerel in New Jersey called Crazy Winter Fishing. Hell yeah, I'm here for this. So can't I am so- trolling Twitter. <laughs> On uh, on this show, we like to start with like band. We just talk. So what we usually say, what's getting us excited this week? So I would like to start with what's getting me excited this week is. So I've been thinking a lot about um my fu- my future, but like more so like post New York City living because I don't plan on living in New York for that much longer, maybe like five more years. And like okay. ideally, should my finances and career work out, like I'd love to either move to Cali. Or, like, my dream is to have, like, a two-bedroom in the wilderness of Colorado and, like, you know, grill and roast and make my own smoker, like, DIY projects and, like, wilderness shit. So, I'm trying to figure out ways where I can kind of touch that dream and feel it in my, in small ways. So, it's, like, hiking more, visiting Prospect Park and, like, getting lost in the woods and, you know, grilling. I want to buy a little charcoal grill to bring to Prospect Park. Things like that. And, you know, kind of live that fantasy. And also, I've been watching a lot of fucking YouTube of people who live off the grid. There's one called Simple Living Alaska, where it's people who, like, grow their own fucking food. Like, they have a farm on their property. They live in a tiny house. They don't have a television. And they, like, live this, like, true, sustainable, fucking, like, really intense lifestyle. And it's just fun to watch people, like, do something. I don't want to live like that. But, like, you see the extreme, and then you find the things that you like about it, you know? I'm really excited to try and record a podcast with you under these scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great, Aaron. I gotta drive to my local library and fucking bring all my shit. (laughs) Because I don't have any internet. screaming at a library. I fuck with this. Yo, my God, did you say a magic axe? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Sir, please keep it down. (laughs) Shut the fuck (laughs) up. You've been yelling about magic for hours. You come here every week. We're recording multiple episodes. It's called having a backlog. It's called having a backlog. Now, leave me alone. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk more about clowns. But yeah, that's what's getting me excited. Like, kind of knowing what you want and like getting little tastes of it. Because it's, I'm 33 and it feels like, you know, feel old and like, oh my God, I don't want to look back and be like, I'm 43 and I still haven't done a lot of shit that I like plan on doing in the future when like I could be doing little things to give me that sensation now. I know what, I know what you mean. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I've, I've been uh, doing a lot of things in my personal life, in my, in my not 
talking about them on podcast life that are on the like i figured i'd get there one day type thing yes 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 and so like yeah it's pretty it feels pretty cool to be like oh yeah i guess i've been saying that someday this would happen and now it's someday like it feels yes. pretty cool to be there yes completely um, yeah i know what you mean that's that's a great feeling what's getting you excited this week um, what's getting me excited this week is a game. I've been playing a lot of it. I've been playing the solo player version and the multiplayer version, and it's extremely, extremely fun, and it's just been giving me life. Aaron, what have you ever it? played Mysterium? Um, no, I'm Googling it. It's so much fun. It's sort of a clue meets Pictionary meets Dixit. It's very cool. So the premise is that you have been murdered, is that one player is a ghost oh. <laughs> who has been murdered. And every other player is a – it's a cooperative game where every other player is trying to solve this murder. So there's a suspect, a location, and a weapon, just like in Clue. And the way it works is that the ghost has a stack of, like, uh, art cards, basically. Like, each card has, like, a painted drawing on it. Yeah. And they know that they, like, I know who the suspect is. Like, I know who the barber is. And I I know the barber is the murderer. Okay. And I have to try and convince, I have to try and get you as the psychic to guess the barber. And mm. be like, the barber's, the barber did it. So what I do is I, like, I hand you a card of, like, a straight razor. Or, like, a can of, and the, or the card might be, you know, a big red chair floating in green space. Love that. And you'd look at that card and go, and the, the, so so the ghost hands you that card, and the ghost psychic looks at it and goes, "All right, so it's a big red chair. Red chair reminds me of a barber's chair. So I'm going to say that the murderer is the psychic, oh. or is the is the barber? Like the barber did it. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that, and you try and get them to guess the the three things, and then With you context have to, clues and stuff. I yeah, fucking you have to love guess that. like colors and and objects and you know associations and like it's cooperative so all the players are get looking at all the cards and going oh see there's a big red chair i'm thinking that's the barber and then another person would be like oh actually but i'm thinking this green space it's sort of and like you talk through it and it's like it's a lot of interpretation i kind of want to twitch stream it one day because i think it's really fun and i think like it's a fun experience but yeah. that's neither here nor there this has just been a, it's it's a game that i've been playing a lot with friends and just like having a lot of fun with it it's a game i've been playing like it is astoundingly like well made single player mode considering that like it's an interpretive like ga it's a game of interpretation and i don't feel like a computer should be able to simulate that well welcome to the future welcome to skynet motherfucker <laughs> i i'm watching i'm playing this game single player and being astounded that when i like put down card i put down a card and i'm like all right i'm hoping that you're gonna guess rope because this is a picture of a blimp that is held down with rope and then i watch the computer guess rope and i'm like how the fuck did you make that association? Like, how you did slam you slam your laptop shut and go to sleep and just <laughs> yeah. cover your cover your face with the covers? <laughs> so, like, that's I've been playing a lot of Mysterium lately. It is a game that I've been dearly, dearly loving, and I'm really like happy. It, it, it's available. There is like a um a proper game version of it. Like, it's a board game, but there's a proper online version uh, available. It's like seven bucks. Yeah. And it's, like, a great game to just, like, get some friends together and have fun, like, looking at a card and being stressed of, like, what are you trying? This is a picture of a monkey in a hat. What are you trying to tell me? I What the I fuck love are this. you trying to tell me right now? I love shit like that. I, I really, one, I don't like games. I don't care for them. But second, I love games that involve, like, deduction and context clues. Mm -hmm. That's very much my brand. So I'm like, this might be a game I enjoy. 
I think you might like this game. We should play it together at some point. I yeah, think we'll let's it. do it. Let's do it on a stream, Jeff. Let's do it. Let's make I some hashtag clap. content. Let's make some fucking hashtag content, bro. Which le- speaking of content, Jeff, we have a really good podcast that we're about to make. Um, we do. So the listener submitted prompt this week is very good. It's from Discord user Ace the Ace, and it is prompt. An old adventurer makes their way to the tavern. Inside, they see a table with two others sitting around it. They take a seat at that table with their friends and talk. It's been too long. Which is a very good prompt. It's a real good prompt is the thing. That's a like... A real good prompt. It makes me think of such like a... You know, this is the cliche like fantasy starter. I like... Yeah. So something about taverns, like, you know, everybody has that's like the starter for t- traditional fantasy quest is like you meet in a tavern and everybody, you get your quest. But I like the fact that this group's questing days are over. And they're meeting up for, like, a drink or something, and they might, like, reminisce or something. But they meet up where they met, you know? Yeah. Um, so how do you want to start this? We have a game we're going to play. I know that. So let's start by creating. I want to get so I want to get to know the tavern, because I think that's going to help us get to know, like, the adventurers on the whole. Love that. Because, like, places have meaning, right? Yeah, of course. And, like, where they are meeting will tell us, like, A, who they were and, like, why they met there originally and why they're coming back. And then we've got Megan Cross's uh, Session Zero. I've got the deck of cards in front of me. Uh, Megan sent us both a deck. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate that. Amazing. Um, it's so cool. It's a beautiful deck. I'm so excited to play with it. It's a gr- They're gorgeous cards. It's really cool. I'm very excited. And, like, um, if you enjoy the kind of game that you, like, make with your friends, like, if you think of, say, like, you know, For the Queen is a popular card character creation storytelling game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Session Zero is much more focused on getting to know one person or yeah. several people. And it's like interviewing each other's characters, it almost feels like. And it's really yeah. fucking cool. I love it. It's so dope. And we're just going to use those, uh, flip some cards, get to know some people. We'll kind of play it by ear. We'll flip a card. We'll answer a question. And then we'll kind of talk through what that tells us about one person, about the group. And we'll kind of play it by ear. Yeah, I figured we'd start with one person. And then uh, maybe in other episodes, we'll meet the other two. Because I like this idea that, like, my first thought of these three people are important. Yeah. Like, to history or some wherever we are. But anyway. So first, I'm going to start off. We have the Don John uh, uh, Tavern Generator yep. on donjohn.bin.sh slash fantasy slash in. But anyway, go to that website. There's lots of really cool random That's a, in generators. a lot of cool generators. Yeah. It's a great like generator website. <laughs> How have we never used this? We did for Tome Generator in Madam Mysteria. Actually. Yeah, we've used it before. Okay, good. So I'm going to hit F5 and refresh this. Okay, so the bar is called the Axe of Fire. Dope. That's fucking cool. Um, Okay, so the location is in a civic district surrounded by narrow alleys and government offices. The street outside is filled with the fragrance of blooming flowers. Um, May I read the description as well? Yes. The inn is a grand timber and brick building with red tile roof and finely crafted tables and chairs. Accommodations consist of several large rooms with beds and feather mattresses. The inn has recently become infested with pixies. Huh. So that's very interesting. So we have the Axe of Fire, and we have one adventurer sitting down who's the last to show up at a gr- flowers, group of- Flowers in the air. It's like a bustling city. It's like four, four, sto- four, four streets down from City Hall. Yeah. It, this is like in a really cool part. Uh, I want to think this is in like in the old city. 
Yeah. Where, like, when the city started and there was, like, a city hall and all these, like, you know, buildings that were, like, had official business, this was from those days where, like, back in the day, this is where, like, the town guard used to drink and hang out and eat and peep travelers would rest. And, like, Ooh. if you were visiting the town for, like, official affairs, you would rest at the Axe of Fire. And the reason is because this used to be, like, the, the last building in town. Oh, what this do you mean? used to be like this used to be like the farthest corner on the 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 e- like to the east or west or north like you know what I mean like there's the sit like this was on the border. Oh, this was like I love after that. this was the last inn you stopped at before you left town. Yeah, but then city bl- like grew up around it. I really why is it called the Axe of Fire? Um, it's called that because there's a literal axe of fire hanging on the, hanging on the mantle. Can I have a, can, oh, sorry, sorry. I was just gonna say, it's like the, the centerpiece (laughs) of the thing. It's the, the novelty thing that you come and look at. It's like a, it's like a gator face that talks to you at like a cheap Floridian restaurant. It's like, hey, welcome to the axe. No, but so I have a pitch though for that. It might be a replica, but there is an axe of literal fire that hangs and everybody like points at it when you walk in, everyone Mm -hmm. asks the axe of fire. Long ago, they say that when the the town was burning, when City Hall was burning, when this really important district, a hero appeared with an axe of ice that absorbed all of the town's fire into it and saved the town from burning down, and they just left it at the bar. They 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 left it specifically at the bar at the edge of town because they said... If you know, pray you never need this, but it's here. Mm. Like they, they absorbed, they con, they they absorbed the fire into this axe. They 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 cried, they shattered their axe of of ice, and an axe of fire was born. Ooh. and they hung it up in the bar, and they said, like, hopefully you'll never need this, but if you do, it is here. Like it is a it is a an axe that contains a wildfire that consumed a town. And I think it is like the genuine axe is there. Yeah. And it has never been moved because they've never needed it. It's they never needed it. And it provides heat for the restaurant. The restaurant is always oh, I love that. like oh, this cozy. Good. Do you hmm, let's say that the town is cold. Let's say yeah. that where this place is, the city that this in is like wintry. For, it's it's cold as fuck. It's like 25 outside on like a warm day. Yeah. So the axe of fire is like keeps this place this perfect temperature and strangely, it emits like its light can also grow flowers. I love that. Like, it's, and can, is it underground? The axe or the place? The whole place, the whole city. See, oh fuck! <laughs> it is now. So, it the city is underground, and you know, there's not a lot of sunlight. It's cold. It's like it's we- is it icy cold? Oh, for sure. It's underground. So the the axe of fire sits above like the fireplace mantle where like a fireplace mantle would be and above it like you'd put your samurai sword to impress guests. Yeah, an axe of fire sits there and it's light like at night when everybody's gone, it brightens up and like illuminates and it's so like it floods that uh, dark hallway that we mentioned at the beginning, the Mm -hmm. street outside, it floods that narrow alley and like flowers push up from like the cobblestone, like the cracks in the cobblestone. And that's it, very that's a very cool visual because like it's a lot of above ground flowers. Yes, yes. That are now that are growing among like you know it's all like stony tunnels. Like all these alleyways are like stony tunnels, and this one's just full of like above ground flowers, and they're all just blooming and very vibrant. And it's like all from this axe just emanating light and heat. And it has never been never been used as a weapon, but it is here giving light and heat and warmth 
and like a sense of protection, right? It's yeah. it's you know, it's the fear of we may one day have to use this as a weapon, but the the comfort of like we haven't yet and it has provided a service. It has given us warmth and comfort. Jeff, question. Is the adventurer we're going to focus on the person who what did they wield the axe of ice that turned to axe of fire or is this someone who was there or is it just a random person is that just a fun that can just be a fun detail about the bar i like that more where it's like these people are just hanging out in the bar i like that because i think that it tells us about the bar which is it go it's people it's it's not freak it is i was gonna say it's not frequented by like people who it's frequented by like adventure types but i almost like that it's frequented more by I don't know. I feel like I like that it's frequented by all kinds of people because it's just sort of like uh, it's become a real kind of jewel of the city, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it, it sounds really comfortable. It has like feathered mattresses and yeah. several large rooms. It's in a really nice, cool part of town. It smells like blooming flowers and this magic fucking axe is there. I feel like this is a really nice place to stay if you're a traveler or a fucking normal person. Just like oh, I think person. it's a lot of I think it's a lot of it's a lot of like government it's become a lot of government and business types yeah who come there because like it's a lot of it is a lot of out of town dignitaries and diplomats okay i like that a lot it's a little bit touristy yeah like the story is a little bit played up i think it was a long time ago i think that that happened and i think the angle of like well we've never had to use it like i think that's played up a little bit from a tourist perspective of like of like we're uh, one day uh, we may have yeah, and like yeah so that somebody so that some rube from out of town is like <laughs> so what makes me like this a lot is um when i i lived in savannah for two years for grad school and the the fun thing that exists all the time and i lived downtown so i would see ghost tours a lot and historical mm-hmm. tours i think that this town has like this tourist feel you know like you can browse these underground cold tunnels it's whatever people there is a lot of visitors because it's dope we can just say it's cool yeah but the acts of fire i like to imagine that inside you're not it's not like a tourist spot on the inside but people do walk by it a lot Ooh, ah, take pictures and like try to peek at the acts of fire from through the windows Okay, yeah. Where it's like, it's a local spot. It's no frills. Like, if you're a tourist, you'd walk in and be like, oh. Like, there's this bar in Savannah called Abe's on Lincoln. And mm-hmm. if anybody if anybody wants to Google it, please do. Because downtown Savannah is like, you know, it's really nice. It's like, there's really cool restaurants. A lot of money is invested in them. Abe's on Lincoln is like this ancient hole where it's like stone walls, super small, no frills, and like tourists walk in and then walk out because they're like, I ain't looking for something like this. And I feel like that's the axe of fire. It's cozy, it's beautiful, but it's not like tourist friendly. It's a local spot. It reminds me a lot of I mean it's it reminds me a lot of McGillan's Ale House in Philly. It's it's in that kind of center, that sort of center yes. city district. And it is like a touristy spot that you go and you look outside and you're like, oh, it's this old it's like the it's this it's the oldest operating ale house in America. Yeah. And so you walk by and you take a picture, but like you go inside, like there's not many people inside because it is like a pretty local spot. And so I feel like it's got that energy of like Oh, it's got, it's very much that same energy. Yeah. And I like that idea oh. that like the people that go inside are, 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 it still has that. Okay. So the, I'm pulling on a thread that I really like. There's something yeah. that just clicked with me that I really, really like the idea that I think this is like inside is a lot of like traveling dignitaries, diplomats, you know, uh, travel, like travelers, merchants, adventurers, 
is because like even though it is now like in the middle of town, it still ha- it has always had that reputation for the place that you stop. Mm, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. When you said it was, like, the place, that's, like, means where you can get a bed, food, a drink, and, like, meet someone, like, talk. Yeah, it's the place you go first, and it's the place you go last. It mm. is, it's in the town of... Uh, Jeff, what is, do you have towns that in South Jersey that you, like, liked? Where you're like, oh, I never, we don't live there, but I really like that one. So what if it's, okay, here's the thing, pulling from <laughs> South Jersey, what if it's called the Wildwood Hollows? No, the Wildwood Hollows is very good. Then let's go with the Wildwood Hollows. Fuck, the Wildwood Hollows. And it is it is a series of hollow tunnels that are what? connected to the Haunted Forest. Oh, th- fuck, I just I was folding a post-it note and just threw it cuz that's very good. So, there's an area outside the Haunted Forest which is an ever-growing, expanding forest that is around the city of Purethra Guild slash Truth that expands outward eternally with like super aggressive, ever growing trees and plants. And ghosts. I believe and, we've established that there are ghosts. Yeah, there's like ghosts and demons. It's a fucking wackadoodle place. So there is an area where what, like it oh. meets it meets some foothills. It meets some mountainous foothills, and like some of those plants have have grown underground. There are tunnels that are kind of like here's how you get out of the like here's how you like move through the forest and get like around in the forest. Yes, and those are the wildwood hollows. I love this idea though that there is a haunted forest in the world of ours, and we like you know people leave Purethra Guild obviously and like travel. So I think the only way through the haunted forest is to go underneath of it. It's it's a it's an established like safe way to go. Yeah, or like. The I think they're the remnants of ancient trees that have fallen or passed yep, on and disintegrated. And you really move dope. through like in a, what was a root system is like hollowed out. And they're like, you're literally in tree roots, but the tree is no longer alive. So they're hollowed out. Yeah. And you can walk. This also explains the root hollow basin thing or root hollow keep or whatever yep. from uh, Perry, Perry Bastion. Bastion. Yeah. Dope. So that so, is very so good. Um, so yeah, and it's and so this is a place where when you're in the Wildwood Hollows, you arrive like there's the actual like city part of it, or like the you arrive the first place that you go is the is the Axe of Fire. That's cool. just uh, and then the last place you go before you leave is the Axe of Fire. It's the first place you go. It's the last place you go. When you're you're coming, you're going. I fucking really like this a lot. And the city is called the Wildwood Hollows. And the Axe of Fire is located in it. It's underground. It's chilly as fuck. It's cold, icy, but flowers grow around the Axe of Fire, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this group of heroes. This group of—an old adventurer makes their way to the tavern, the Axe of Fire. Inside, they see a table with two others sitting around it. They take a seat at that table with their friends and talk. It's been too long. So is this an adventuring group that's, like, reunited? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So do you want to focus on what was it like a team or is it like you know, a party like a like a fantasy tabletop dungeon crawler adventuring party like there's a healer a mage and a tank or like a rogue or, you know a rogue a wizard and a fucking cleric I think they were a fellowship which is to say like I think they were not like a like that wasn't their career it wasn't their like we are three boon companions like <laughs> they came together to do a thing and then parted and then like parted ways the best of friends like they 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 were a group of adventurers who came together for like a purpose yes 
It's not like there's – I think they don't have like, you know, mount – like they, they don't have like, oh, this is the case of the no. – this is the case of the haunted book. Like it was like we got together, we did this, and then we – and then like – And, and they this bonded is like, for life. Yeah. And you know, like they're connected through this one thing rather than like a lifetime of traveling together. See, I really like those relationships in fiction as they are oftentimes like way more accurate. Like I have friends that I know from like, you know, working at a difficult time in my life or like working at a, we like, I know a lot of people, we worked at this restaurant, we opened it, we tried really hard to keep it open. And when it closed, like the people who worked there the whole time, these people are like my lifelong friends. However, all we have in common is this one fucking event of working and yeah. trying to save this New York restaurant. So it's this cool, like the metaphorical trenches, like you make good friends or like mm-hmm. teammates you know, like that's the like you don't have to have this connection and like oh I've known him for twenty years. If it's like this one event bonded you because we looked out for each other, we took care of each other, and then we parted ways because we had our own lives, and now we're back together. Is and is it just like old times? Yeah. Um, or is it like been a long time? Let's talk about how we've changed. I think I like that vibe. Like I I like I, I I'm gonna hit you. It's 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 time. Oh, mark the time. It's 25 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. Or less with editing. I don't know how you edit. <laughs> Always um, is. <laughs> um it's both. Yes. It is it is it is that 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 special kind of friendship where you sit down and it's like not a moment has has like fate like changed. Yeah. But like you have lives now. Like it's that that kind of vibe of like oh my oh you have like a family. Like yes. You, like you grew like you are a different person, but like how I connect with you has not changed. Yeah. Like you're like I still see the person that you were, but I recognize and appreciate and love the person that you've become at the same time. I love these realistic kinds of stories where like you see it is the true feeling of seeing someone from like high school or college that you genuinely like and it's not like oh my god, I don't want like you know, you get excited to be like wow you do that now like that's what your life has become i'm so happy that you yeah. had that experience like that's so wonderful and yeah. like, you know and then you might never ever fucking see them again but if you ever were to bump into them you are just so happy to be a part of their existence and to you know, know that they've yeah and to know that you've played a role in who they've become yes uh okay so that's this trio do we want to focus on the person who showed up late i, I would like that yeah okay so I'm going to throw you the first question. Yes. Before we even start drawing cards and rolling pronouns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are they coming or going? Because we said there's two times that you come to the Axe of Fire. It's either when you first get to town or when you were about to leave town. They were about to leave uh, the Wildwood Hollow when they okay. got this word that people were in town that they hadn't connected with since event. Insert oh, event. I love that. That's really good. And it, I love it that made them ton. turn on their heels and they like, well... Guess I gotta go to the Axe of Fire one last time. Like, you know, you know, you're mm-hmm. supposed to yeah, I think it's a part of the tradition of Wildwood Hollow where it's like, you know those bars or restaurants when you go out where it's like every night ends at Applebee's, you yeah. know, for like half off app that's the Axe of Fire, where it's like you start there, you get like a bite to eat in a beer, you finish there, like, you know, singing karaoke, you know, crushing cocktails. And so I think it has that kind of vibe where this person was about to leave the Wildwood Hollow and they're like, ah. Oh, Ain't it that way? You know, it's not just that I forgot to come back to the Axe of Fire, but my friends called me back, my old teammates. Mm-hmm. Dope. Okay. 
So they turn on their heels and they come back to the Wildwood Hollow. Do you want to start yeah. with the game or do we start with rolling pronouns and such? Let's roll, let's roll some pronouns. Okay, I have my animal D6. Hop. Go for it. One horse. So he his. He his. Um, what, what background do we want this character to be from? Let's learn that after we know a little let's bit about that. them. I think that's what will inform us of like who they were and why they act the way they act. It's like, oh, because motherfucker grew up in Dragon. Okay, you know? so I've got a I've got a card from our session zero deck. Yeah, that's going to give us some some questions, and this is going to and I'm going to like reflavor some of these questions slightly to be about like the context of the story that we're telling. Yeah, and we're going to figure out like who this person is and and what the event that bonded them to these two other people are. Great. The pen or the sword? Do you use words or actions to fight? In your mind, why is that the more effective option? And did you waver in that choice during the event? So did they write or did they fight, basically? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, I have a pitch. Uh, let me know what you think. I'm not married to it, but it's the first thing that came to mind. When you said the pen or the sword, I think of a lot of times when people talk about, like, bards and fantasy, it's, like, these singing people who, like, walk around and, like, you know, they have magic harps and shit. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that a bard is a chronicler, because if you're a storyteller, you know how to recount events. And so this is someone, I think, who, like never wrote the story of what happened at this event with these two adventurers. Mm. You know, where it's like, because you said in that moment, did you wane or something like that? Did you waver in that moment? Did you did you give up the pen for the sword in that moment? I think that may have been the case, or it's like, or they haven't been able to write about what happened or write a song about it, like something like that. You know, I love the idea that they're a writer. Like that 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 is a fun pitch for a bard. Yeah. If it's someone that is not musical, if it is yeah. a, a non-musical bard that is, like, writing a story and, like, just recounting, like, reading a text that they've written, that's, like, a cool energy. Yeah, like, you know, they can, you can write, like, bards can be, like, you know, we, there's abilities called, like, spouting lore and shit. Um, and like, you know, you'd know a lot. You'd know how to retell stories. That's a fucking, you can write. Like, I like the idea of them being literary in their bardic wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. Like, you know, and if you go on an adventure, someone has to tell it, you yeah. know, if you, if, you know, you want them to. <laughs> so they didn't write about what happened. Is that kind of the vibe? I, I like that vibe. And, okay. and that's interesting to me because, A, I like the vibe that I want to throw out the idea that, that this bard, that he was not, I, I don't want to say he was not part of the adventure, you know, as, as like part of the adventure. But like, what I mean is that like. You know, when the when the A team was gathered, right? Like yeah. when the when the Avenger initiative was put together, he was not picked. Mm. Like he was not picked for a skill. He was brought he like came along to tell the story. And then the fact that he chose not to is very interesting to me. The okay. idea that this was like a chronicler who was like, Well, this is the story of a lifetime. And then so and then the event happened, which tells me that it was an event of great importance that if people knew about it, they would they like it would change the world probably for the worse. So he made the conscious decision to put it away. Okay, so this person joined the team to write about it. I mean, that's I I don't like that not being I like that being quite normal in fantasy, too. Oh, yeah, because it's like, you know, bards, we say, like, sing, write songs and like hang out and like you know they sing all these things in typical fantasy where it's like yeah sing the song of you know ivor the powerful you had somebody fucking wrote that because they were yeah. there you know it's like right. history is told through this this is a form of like storytelling and history preservation is bards 
And I like that this person was brought on because, like, what they found out that these two were about to do is like, well, that could change fucking everything. Yeah. Or like, this is such an important event. I want to be there to chronicle it for you. It's like a service where it's like, if, in case you die, I also will be there to tell your fucking tale for you. You know? I love if they, that. I if love they that a kick, lot. you're like, you're fucked. No one's ever going to know what happened. It's just like two people go missing. And were they going into the haunted forest? Oh, for sure. They were going into the haunted forest to find something or to save someone or to like do something and they came to they 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 in doing so like the story was the story was lost. Hmm. What did they go to the haunted forest for? These two because then this essential writer reporter tagged along. I don't know. Okay. I have two more cards. I've drawn yeah, two yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that like are that both will I help. think very good. Yeah. Um I have a card that I would love to run with and then I have a card to throw to you. Yeah, absolutely. The card that I want to run with is a former love is still part of your life. How long ago were you in love? What did you most love about them? And how did it come to end between you? So what I want to propose here is that all three of these people were a polycule at one point. Okay. They were like a loving, like they like, and that's part of why these two brought along the, brought along our, our, our focal point character. Yeah. Was because like, we love him. Like he's a part of our lives and he is a storyteller. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm going to tell the story. And I then, care about you. Like, I don't want, you know, yeah. in, just in case we get separated or, you know, in I case want something happens. I want to be able to, like, memorialize you. Yes. Right? Like, and that's a Our... morbid thing to say, but it is that kind of sense of like, look, you're going to do something. You're going to save the world. I want to be able to be I want to see it. I want to be able to tell the story. And I want to, if worse comes to worse, be able to tell the story of what you did and like how you died for the for the for the better cause yeah and tell people about i mean it's it's also like it's romantic it's you know you you are immortalizing the story of those who you love yeah who are risk risking their lives for x in this story you know All going right. into the haunted forest is fucking dangerous and scary um what were they going oh what's a, that's a really good one by the way that's i i just i i saw that and was like i think it's like the fact that that and the, like it and so after the event I think that they they split. I think they they parted ways. I think that the two stayed together, and like he just kind of and it was I think like it's just an amicable split that perhaps we'll learn more about. Okay, but I think that. he's coming. He's coming to meet like the exes with whom he is on good terms. Yeah, to like relive like this moment. I'm about it. Your hometown once fell under attack. That's it. Yeah. How long ago was it? Who launched it? And what were the consequences? Fuck. So I want to propose something. Yeah, please. Um, you mentioned Root Hollow. Yeah. The idea of like this and that which is like a living forest or like. So I want to propose that it was the forest itself that like stole something from the Wildwood Hollows specifically. OK. I don't know what that was. If you've got any pitches, but uh, the idea well, that like the forest itself or like a ghostly presence or like some element of the wood like took something and there and like an expedition had or like a mission had to be undertaken to like get it back so i i mean i have a bitch we we talk about this ever it's like if you think of the root movement as like the gears of a tank like mm-hmm. and like a mangrove tree like that's the kind of movement i think of when i think of the haunted forest so like if you get caught in the path of this like encroaching forest entity like that's it it's gonna do some damage so i think like this was a there was once a place that are can we name this character? Can we name our, um, our focal person? Yeah, he is. I'm feeling like I'm feeling elf. I'm feeling elfish. Okay, I'm down. And um, so I want his name. Sorry, what you were gonna say? 
No, I got nothing. I'm just thinking. I would like his name to be Bertram Inkwell. Fuck. Bertram Featherwell. Bertram Featherwell. Bertram Featherwell. Goes so, by Bert. Goes by Bert. Bert Featherwell. Bert so Featherwell. Bert, Bert Featherwell is from, grew up uh, outside of truth, outside of Puri Thrill. Yeah. It's like on the cusp, like outside of the forest. It would be a place where a lot of people set up. There's a lot Probably of towns. Grew up, yeah, he grew up like in the, he is from the hollow, which is why like when his exes kind of moved, which maybe that's why they split up, right? Maybe mm. it's just like, hey, we're leaving. Do you want to come with? And he's like, no, this is where I live. Like, yeah, I, this I, is my spot. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying here, and they parted on good terms. So his town was a so Bert's hometown. The card says was attacked at one point. Yes. So living in these hollows is it, it's an inhospitable environment, you know, to mm-hmm. say the least. That you live, you know, you live. It, it's kind of like a place with like. um with angry weather, you know, oftentimes angry weather or something where, like, it hails, you know, unpredictable. You're literally living at the mercy of fucking living, of, like, moving trees above you. Like, at any time, these roots could be, like, taken over by another tree and, like, crushed. And you know what I mean? Like, you're basically living yeah. inside of a bugle. Like, you know, that delicious snack where it's, like, a little tunnel? Yeah. You're basically yeah. living inside that. At any time, like, it, I think that's what happened. At one point in the Wildwood Hollows, another tree came by, another set of plants, another, you know... Oh, okay. So there's two, I think like monocot and dicot are two kinds of plants. So monocot, I believe is like grasses where it's like a, it's, if you think of root structure of grass where it's like a web, it's like spread mm-hmm. out and there's no taproot Then dicot is taproot, like one big root in a series of, I think like this monocotyl weed grass smashed into the wildwood and like imagine like thousands and thousands of tendrils winding and gripping rather than like being smashed by a taproot and can like, i can yeah. i make a an a visual pitch please do you remember the movie minority report um it's not good don't I mean, remember it but i have seen it. it's probably fine do you know the little spider things where it's like the little orb and it's got the spider legs they look yes. kind of like daddy long legs is yes yes that yes. but the long legs is the long legs our like leaves are like blades of grass i love that and it's just like these little grass spider things are just like flooding an area yeah, like, if you don't live in truth and you're living on these, like, borderlands of uh, Pyrethrogo, like, outside of the forest, the forest could literally—it expands always. Like, your town runs on borrowed time, and, like, you—your very presence there is living on, like, the edge of a knife. Like, it could crush your town. Living underneath of it is even riskier. But I think the benefit—no, I just—they just love that place. People just love living in those roots. And people, some people, some people live in dangerous spots. Like yeah. it, there is, there is, there is absolutely. And I think I, I, it's actually a thing that I love, like in fantasy stories is that like, is it's a very real detail of like, there's not always like a, well, we live here because this has a tactic. Some people are just like, no, I live here because this is where I live. And it's where I love it. It's my home. Yeah. Like, yes, I know that a fucking tree could come and whatever, but this is my house. I yeah, fucking this live is here. Where I, I love live. it here. This is I where I live. I love wearing my winter clothes and walking around this dope, like, stony, you know, petrified tree tunnel. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's attacked by, like, some grassy invader weed type thing, because big weeds would be out to strangle and crush. So, like, this big weed comes in, fucks up the city, blah, 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 you know, and that's what attacked the town. But why is that important? Um, it is important because, like, within the forest, there is an object of great power. Okay. I mean, is it the Axe of Fire? The Axe of Fire what? Like, was oh. was like like this this attack happened 
and like the actual inn where the axe of fire was held like was on the other side like was on the other side of this mass of tendrils and somebody had to go get it so to recap bert inkwell bert featherwell is a writer is a bard they live in inkwell is his nickname inkwell inkwell is his nickname so inkwell featherwell fuck yes so Inkwell lives in Wildwood Hollow, which is a uh, underground petrified root structure underneath of the haunted forest of Purethrogild. At one point, a weed invaded the city, was causing fucking havoc, and Inkwell, along with two adventurers who they had a relationship with, um, had to get the axe of fire from the bar and burn away the weeds. Yeah. Is that, that's it. That is it. That was the quest. That was and, the and- event. I love that because that gives a real meaning to why they're coming back to the bar. Yeah. They sit in front of the axe and they're like, they're like, it's here because of us. And like, Bert never, they never told that story, but they're like, it's here because of us. Like we saved this once upon a time. I, so what, what is appealing to me is this idea of an underground city under siege Mm -hmm. from like this menacing fucking dandelion basically and then what like inkwell was running screaming for help and like two people were like i got you or are they already an item with they were already an item and i think like they were already an item inkwell wasn't going to to step up but Mm -hmm. the other two were Mm. and inkwell went well if you're going i'm going too." like it was it was that two people stood up and inkwell did the heroic thing of saying like of saying like if people that I love are doing this, then I will do what I have to do to support them, like 100% and without hesitation. Yes, like the the other two were like, this is your hometown. Like, I'll do anything to keep it safe. Of course, I love you. Like, this yeah. is, I know this is your home. Like, I'm down. Let's fucking go get that axe. And Inkwell had to navigate through the tunnels and like, you know, they went on a magic dungeon crawl to get to the bar to then, you know... You know, one of them swung in a big circle and it blew back, it shot out fire, blah, 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 blah. Now they're sitting at the table again. Yeah. So I'm going to, I rolled for pronouns real quick. Uh, He, his. So Brian's, or so Bert's boyfriend, Brian Thistle. Brian Thistle's very good. Brian Thistle is like a a blade master fighter. Yes. Who's like, who is trained, studied the blade. (laughs) While Bert was learning to write, Brian studied the blade. And now that dandelions are at the wall, you know, you come and ask me for help. The axe that has kept (laughs) the entire city warm. Beautiful. Loved it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Didn't want, didn't want it to not get acknowledged. Just was on a roll. (laughs) Um, at Brian like is in a position to actively help and like but is not from Wildwood. Um Brian is a halfling. Um I fuck with that. Brian like Bert is like I don't know what to do. Like we've like we relied on that axe. Like it is it is how like a lot of the 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 tunnels have stayed lit. It is how things stayed warm and Brian you know was like okay the, uh, then if if it's going to if if you need the if you need me I'm here and like grab the grab the sword you know grab the sword that he'd been training with as a hobby and was like well then I'm gonna go chop down some trees and we're gonna go get this thing back I really what happened to the axe where'd it go I think it's um is it on is it on the mantle or is it a replica so I was under the impression that what we were talking about was the way to it was that happened a long time ago the ice right. blowing away the fire. 
I thought that what you meant was, which is also both are cool, but that it's at the bar and they had to get to the bar to get yes, the axe. I love that. And that's like dope. fight their way through tunnels and plants and like basically a dungeon to get back to this bar. And that's why it's so important to them because it's where Brian like yeah. grabbed the axe turn and like blasted away like at the last and second. Like burned before the away in- this invasive like this yes. invasive uh, plant and returned structure. light and heat to the wildwood hollow right like people were shivering and getting sick and then suddenly they were filled with like a warmth and comfort yes it's extremely dope it is extremely dope i'm fucking here for this i really like it so now what uh, i've got some more questions oh i'm down i want to learn more about bert and like how they got to like you know because they seem like a hometown writer now like they never left their hometown which is fine it's great and, like, what's going on with them kind of feel. Bert will always be a reflection of his parents. What was his relationship with his parents like? What's it like now? And do they approve of, do they approve of his, like, of who he's become? Hmm. So what we know is that Bert is a bard. Lives Bert in his like hometown. Bert is like a bard. He's a writer. But what does he in his do? Hometown. Like, does he have a, a job? You know what I mean? Like, what does he do as a bard? Oh, okay. So can I have a pitch? Yeah. So... Something that I like is um, if you're a traveling adventurer, you know, if you're someone who comes through the Root Hollow, there's a lot of people who come through Wildwood, who come through these, like, root cities, I think they're called, underneath of the Haunted Forest. A lot of people come and go because you got to go through them to fucking get through the Haunted Forest unless you want to risk it for the biscuit. So I think that Bert is the bar that, like, you know, if you're sitting at the bar and you've got, like, a fucking magic, you know, dagger on your hip, or, like, you're an adventurer or a merchant, they come and chat with you. You're like, what are you doing here? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, kind of like an... I'm thinking reporter. Kind yeah, of I was feel. thinking reporter as well, and I, I like that as a... I... So, what that tells me is that Bert is a small-town yes, newspaper yes, man. Yes, and I was thinking, like, the, the Wildwood Gazette. Yes. And, like, so a lot of his... St- and, like, the fact that he's, like, chatting people up at the bar gives me a very wholesome picture that, like, the the Wildwood Gazette is just, like, small interest stories. Like, it's not, like, here's what happened this week. It's, like, here's the story of this person's magic dagger. Yeah. Here's the story of the... Here's the story... Here's the story of of Grimm who, who hangs around the bar. Like, here's, here's Grimm's life story. And, like, tells these little, like, human interest stories... And, like, so I'm going to say I think his parents approve. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that Bert has made, like, quite a name in the hometown. Is like, right, everyone reads the Gazette in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because a lot, if you said it's a tourist town, like, people are passing by. Everyone's like, holy shit. Did you hear, like, uh, you know, insert random fantasy character that has, like, epic backstory passed through our town? Holy shit, yeah, you can read all about it. Inkwell wrote it. That's the pseudonym. Inkwell by the name. Inkwell Inkwell's the pseudonym, yep. And like wrote about it, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's why this was so important because a lot of people, I think, when when the dandelion attacked the town, you know, and Brian hacked it away with the help of the third one name pending. And um Hold on. Yeah. Uh that's a four. She, her, let's say Landa LaCroix. Fuck yes. So Landa LaCroix, Brian, and Inkwell save the town. Blah, blah. Nobody fucking knew what happened. Everyone was just like, holy shit, my life is about to be destroyed by some kind of encroaching dandelion. Well, we all knew this was going to happen, friends. It's part of living in fucking wildwood. We kind of saw it coming. 
And all of a sudden, this like burning light, like this heat came in, this wave of fire shot through you. It didn't burn you, but it blasted away like this encroaching weed. And like, you know, the town was saved and light was restored and we all could put on our summer clothes again. And like, I think the only reason anybody knows about it is because Inkwell wrote about it and it was in the Gazette. You know, when when we talked about how Inkwell was like, I want to write about our story. And I think it was the special ver- the special time in the in the Gazette where like it's like I want to talk about the I want to talk about the person behind the pseudonym. I want to talk about Bert and the people that I love. I want to talk about uh, Brian and Landon. Landa. I want to talk about Brian and Landa and how these two helped me help you and save the town, you know, and like made them into heroes, blah, 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 blah. But then they broke up. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of it where it's like, it's just a cute hometown story about yeah. like this reporter had an amazing moment and is like, and is connected to these people forever. And they meet up and it's like, Oh my God, remember that time we saved the town? That's it. I love like, it. I drew the card, the next card. I drew a card and it's, we all have our secrets. What are their biggest secret? And why did you, why have you been keeping it? Um, I have a pitch for that. I'm ready. This is a story. It's not that it would like disrupt the town. It's not that it would uh, cause controversy. It's that it would change Brian's life, and he didn't want that. Mm. Like Brian, Brian studied swords and blades and like martial combat as a hobby. Yeah, he's like an accountant. Ah, oh. but like if it, but like when you know he's an, he's a completely ordinary person that when that when action needed to be taken, he stood up and he said, "I can do this," and he did it. But in doing so, like if Inkwell were to write the story of of the man that saved the Wildwood Hollow, it would change. Brian would be an adventurer forever. Brian would be. You know, a politician and and, and be called upon when someone and, needed know, a sword. Yeah. And yeah. Brian's like, I don't. And and Inkwell probably there was probably a moment where Inkwell was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna tell the story. Like I'm gonna like you're gonna be immortalized. And Brian's like, Don't, please don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't. It I wasn't about me. I don't. I didn't do this for me. And Inkwell was like, Okay. Well, then I'm then 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 the story is between the three of us. I really like this. So the reason I like this, it was like we got there, first of all. I like that it's very relatable in the way that a lot of times these things that you do and these stories you write and these events in your life seem gigantic to you. But really, it's just like a hometown story that only like affected a couple people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That feeling of like, oh, my God, my world is about to be thrown off its axis, et cetera, et cetera. When in reality, the rest of the world was like, oh, that happened. That's interesting. Oh, good. They got saved. That's good. You know, it's just like a cool hometown story where like that this hometown reporter saved his city with the loves of his life at that time. Yeah. And that's it. That's all it was. That's it. And that's the end of the story. Like, and they've met up again later. Um, I'm just going to throw out some quick backstory because I think it's I feel like it's cool if Lam if Landa is a cleric. And who, like, in the moment was, like, that's part of why Brian was able to achieve this impossible thing, like, fed off of the the adrenaline and the heroism of that moment. Love that. And she, like, blasted Brian and was, like, chop down some trees. And so the two of them, like, are this great unit that both just have no interest in pursuing, like, adventure. I love it. I love that a lot. I love that so much. I, 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 I like stories that don't always change the world and these heroes of myth and legend like the only people who kind of care are the three of them i think and i think i think that like if more people knew at least in wildwood like more people would care i think there's always 
a lot of people ask Inkwell, like, hey, when are you going to find out what happened with the Axe of Fire? Like, when are you going to tell that story? And Inkwell's like, I don't know. I got no leads. Yeah. Whoever Whoever did it, they walked away. I really like that, like, a whole fucking lot. All right. I've drawn one last card. Now I'm putting the deck away. Okay. Um... And I like this card. I actually want to say this card is not about uh, Bert. It's about Brian and Landa. Okay. And the card is, if you could change one thing, what would it be? But I want to propose that as, like, why did they leave? Like, what was it that made them want to leave? Or, like, what was it that, like, for, like pushed them into leaving that, like, you know, it wasn't like we were disgusted. Like, what what was it that eventually, like, pushed, like, made, the, like, got them to pack up their things and, and hop town? I think people have different lives. And for a time, they, you know, it's it's real life shit. Where it's like, you know, for a time, it worked. For a time, it was great. But when they were like, yeah, so you're going to come with us on our adventure. And, like, you know, we're going to we're gonna write. Like, their goals were different. Their priorities yeah. didn't align. I love that. Brian and Landa wanted to, like... Be like you know, Lando wants to be a capital A adventurer. You know, yeah. Brian, accountant, but like, want Brian wants to like get magic swords and like do this dope shit and travel the world and like study new techniques of sword play and shit. And you know that didn't align with our old pal Inkwell being like, what, what about the Gazette? Like, who's gonna run the fucking yeah. Gazette? If I don't, I can't. I can't go. I can't leave it. I can't leave. Yeah. This is and where like, I live. And they just broke up amicably because it's like, oh, well, I want you to, obviously, I want everybody to, like, pursue their passions. And I think Inkwell's passion, Inkwell's priorities just didn't kind of align with the whole team. And they had to split. And yeah. that's why they're popping into town. They're, like, passing through. They're leaving truth. And you got to stop at the, the acts of fire. And I think they got, what, like, a little... You know, a little telecommunication via their thoughts of like, hey, we're in town. You're like, oh, shit. Basically, like a fantasy text message. Honestly, not even that. It's a fucking small town. I mean, you you and I oh, both true. lived in I small like towns. Like, I like that. Like, Roy, Roy just like was like, Roy. hey, do you know Landon and Brian are in town? Like, like what's holy up shit. With that? Whoa, it's been years. And like Inkwell runs up. And like when we see this prompt of like a lot of time has passed. They're not like. Oh, yeah. They're not like in their early 30s anymore. They're like. You know, middle-aged, early 60s, an old adventurer makes their way to the tavern. You know, they swing open that door. Inside, they see a table with two others sitting around it. They take a seat at that table with their friends and talk. It's been too long. And both of them have, all three of them have such different lives. Like, both groups have grown and learned and lived and they've become Are such Brian different people. Are Brian and Landa still together? I kind of think no. Yeah. Because I kind of think that eventually Brian, like, he wanted that career. Like, he didn't want to be an adventurer. I think eventually he would be like, I'm I'm settling down. Yeah. I want to stay in one spot and be in a I think he would want to settle in, like, a big city. I think that, like, part that was part of it was that like, he wanted to see the world. And when he saw the world, he was like, I could be an accountant for, like, a major bank in, like, a big city. Yeah, I could help a lot of people, like, whatever accountants and fantasy do that's good for people. Yeah, yeah, but it's not scummy, right. It's not scummy. And, like, you know, and uh, Lando went on, amazing cleric career, you know, dove into a lot of dungeons, buffed a lot of people, shot a lot of laser beams. I think that the late period of her career is she's a motivational speaker because Mm. she's a cleric, so she travels around and, like, talks to people who are, like, she talks, she gives talks and, like, uses her clerical energies to, like, lift people up and, like, elevate people that way. I love and this. And she's like, I've done a lot of things and, like, here's how I contributed. And I love that they all sit down at this table. Inkwell is like, oh, my God, it's been so long. And they're like, 
Inkwell, please tell me you're still look the Gazette. And Inkwell is like, of course I am. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, here's the new issue. You guys keep this. Hold on to it. Like, keep it with you this time, you know? And I think they, they pull out Inkwell. I will say, this is not a closing note, but I think the last thing that, like, we'd see in this freeze frame as the credits roll is the two of them sit and they catch up. And Inkwell's like, so I have a surprise for everyone. And they unfold the you know, several hundred year old issue of the Gazette from when the town was saved by the acts of fire, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like, look, look, I brought it. And it's like a, this tale of, you know, an un, an unnamed hero. Yeah. An unnamed hero. This trio of adventurers came and saved the Like in, in, in Wildwood's Hollow's idea, these three heroes of myth came and wielded the axe of fire, and they were never seen again, but they left a relic behind of it. When really it was just like a local kid and like, you know, two travelers. This 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 trio, this trio of people who loved each other, like stepped up and saved the world. Yes. But like not the whole world, but but their whole world and i think like that is a hugely important thing that gets lost sometimes is like sometimes to three to a to a thruple of people in love sometimes your local neighborhood is your whole world yeah and like that's not always a bad thing and i think in this case like they saved their world and eventually two of them decided that they didn't want that to be their whole world and so they left, but like they still they they they're sitting down together now, and they're looking at this, and they're like, "Oh my god!" They described us as living titans. You didn't write this, Inkwell, and Inkwell's like, "No, you kidding me? Would I, would I write this?" <laughs> and like they're laughing about it, and they're looking at the axe, and like it's just this. I think that's the closing note. Is it's just like the three of them sharing this moment together. Yeah. They stay up all night talking about themselves, like sharing stories about their lives and catching up with each other, all under the warmth of this axe and the smell of familiar flowers are in the air. Yeah. I fucking love this. Is that a rap on Inkwell uh, of Burt Feather, Feather Quill? Feather Ink? Featherwell. Featherwell. (laughs) Also known as Inkwell. And the story of Wildwood Hollow. Dang. Good. Good shit. That was good. I love that. Fresh shit. Dang. Um, thank you so much, Ace the Ace, for your prompt. Ace the Ace used our Discord channel prompt submission. So if you want to submit prompts, a great way to fucking do it is to use our Discord. Join our Discord. Um, use our link tree. It's on our Twitter. And you can see all things All My Fantasy Children from merch to Bandcamp to where you can find episodes to Discord. And to the wiki. You, yeah. Oh, my God. The fucking wiki. We'll get to that because I'm very excited. But. Um, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for a show, there are a lot of ways you can do it, and I'm really excited for you to learn about them. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com, or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and go to the prompt submission channel. Fuck yes. Um, by the while you're online, uh, we have a wiki page. It's definitely use the link tree on our Twitter. If you're like ever want to refresh yourself about the lore of the show and stuff like that, um, you can definitely it's real use, thorough and I use it a lot when I'm like, wait, is that a thing we said? Yeah, it's really dope. It's read by really amazing members of the all my fantasy, all my fantasy children discord. And they're really powerful. They're really amazing wizards. And I'm very happy to have them working on something. So, so dope. I'm like honored. Um, if you'd like to know more about like kind of the history of the show too, find us on like YouTube. I made two quick videos that explains the show. Dope. Especially if this is your first episode. <laughs> it's kind of like a, hey, this is what the show is, and here's our creation myth. So check that out as well. But while you're on the internet and while your browser's open, 
there's a podcast that you should be listening to that stars the one, the only, Jeff Stormer. Goblins and Goofums is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play where me and my three buddies, Chad Brad and Chad Brad, uh, <laughs> hang around a table. We tell some stories using Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. We play three adventurers who hate sticking the plot and love making bits. We do a lot of laughing. We do. We, we make a lot of fun. Uh, it's good times. You can find us. We just signed our we just locked our uh, Patreon at twenty thousand dollars a week. So we're doing great. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> That's fine. I, I That's refuse. Fine. Jeff, what's, what's your what's your real pod? What's your other podcast though? Like Goblins and Goofums is so dope. But like, what's your other one? The Goblins one that, and like, Goofums pays the bills. Yes. But my real podcast love is Party of One, which is an actual play podcast focused on two player role playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with friends. Uh, we play a two player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at PartyOfOnePodcast.com. Shibuya. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Go to OneShotPodcast.com and check out the plethora of amazing tabletop content. There's lots to learn, lots to see, and like you'll honestly become not just a better tabletop person, but a better person in general by consuming this content. Especially our show, All My Fantasy Children. It's good. Um, it's good. It's a great network. I'm glad to be a part of it. The people on it are incredible. Um, verbal hug this week. Um... I have one. It's about, like, the episode. It. It's kind of about, like, how a lot of the times, like, when we're writing fiction and stuff, we write about people who change the world and, like, on this gigantic, massive scale, as if that's the only kind of heroes that matter, when it is not. Like, you can change the world on very small scales in ripple effects or just changing one person's life or changing a community's life. And those things are equally as beautiful, incredible, and powerful and impactful. Like, Inkwell saved the town. Did mm-hmm. the events happen that way? That's how they remember them. And like, it's just this, it's one small thing, but like, you don't know how many people you can affect. We always talk about that to the show, but it's kind of that kind of mentality where it's when you are doing good in the world, which I hope is often, even if you're doing something small for someone else, don't think of that as small. That could be game changing for someone's life. You could change someone's life with the smallest fucking gesture. Yeah. I think that was concise enough. I think it's great. I think it's beautiful. It's perfect. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's exactly I hope, good. I hope that's what people like. That's what I thought I was trying to get out with this episode, and I hope that you did too. With like, it's important right now to kind of think like you know, as the world tries to crush everyone and make people feel powerless, it's important to know that you can make differences even at small levels because they do add up to big things. And so, make those small things. Save your Wildwood Hollow. You know what I mean. Yeah. Do what you can to help your friends, and in turn, you will help Wildwood Hollow, which is your community and your, you know, friend group. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's a wrap. So until next time, good Good night night and good good game. game. In a time where moon queens charmed the very heavens, and the world knew nothing but cold, there were those who stood against the tide. For people do not just lay down during times of great fear and desperation, no. They rise up to the challenge and make their own fate. In the wondrous root-hollow cities of Purithragild, the age of the Nocturne was a challenging one. These cities were no stranger to a lack of sunlight, but... 
The ice from the world above made their root hollows brittle and frail. But as always, there was hope. In a bar, in a city, not known for much, there was a branch protruding from a wall. This branch was ordinary, nothing special at all about it. But the hero who ripped it from that wall was anything but ordinary. That hero placed the hopes and dreams of the Root Hollow cities into that branch, placing their hopes, dreams, joys, and sorrows into a single speck of amber that stood at the tip of the branch. That hero left the Root Hollow cities and braved the cold surface world above, and while in the dangers of the haunted forest, lifted the branch to the sky, knowing that the dreams, the joys, and the hopes of those below in the Root Hollow cities would be carried on the icy winds, and their wish was granted. The frozen winds of the nocturne swirled and churned around the piece of amber, forming into a great blade of a battle-axe. The hero slammed the battle-axe into the earth, and the howling, swirling, frozen winds of the nocturne created a vortex all around them. These cataclysmic winds roared and laughed and danced through the haunted forest until there was stillness. The ice that had covered the haunted forest thawed. Within the great wood, there was warmth again and life. The haunted forest and the root hollow cities were saved, but not just from one hero, but from the hopes and dreams of all those who wished for a safer world. And so the hero returned the axe from whence it came, to a mantle in a bar in a small town, where the hopes and dreams of those who live there saved their city.